Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome into a post-preseason game purple podcast. Matthew Collar and Judd Zulgad with you. And of course, Judd is wide-eyed like he just drank two cups of coffee because he is so excited after watching the Vikings 20-13 to loss. How are you, Judd? I'm doing great, but aren't you talking about five cups of coffee, not just two? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. That, it's, a, it's just so much excitement and energy coming from your side after another preseason contest boy, we could really get to the regular season now, and that would be fine. Um, Let's start with the first-team offense, Judd. Uh, The things that went right, uh, from Mm -hmm. my end, I thought the uh, offensive line played much, much better. Sam Bradford was not wounded uh, in this game, which is always (laughs) a very important thing. Stephon Diggs has been fantastic all the way through training camp. He was great tonight. And Delvin Cook, people finally got their first look at, I say finally, but it's the second preseason game. But if you hadn't been in camp and you had kept hearing about it, then tonight you saw it. Some explosiveness from Delvin Cook, some good blocking from the offensive line. I thought that the story of this game was some progress from the first team offense. Yeah, I think you're you're right. The thing to me is I'm with you on this. I was looking for the fact, could the offensive line come out there and play cohesively, play decent? And after we saw in the Buffalo game, Bradford get sacked twice, keep Bradford upright, and they did. Uh, The more I watch Cook, Collar, the, the more impressed I get. I mean, this kid has, he's got moves, he's somewhat shifty, he can catch the ball. Uh, so uh, offensively, I'm with you. And by the way, I don't need to see Stefan Diggs again in the preseason. He's really good. Okay. I don't need to see him. <laughs> don't tempt fate. He is, he and Bradford are on the same page. They look great together. Uh, so offensively, I agree. Defensively, I saw some things that I think definitely could translate to uh, what could be regular season concerns, however. Okay, uh, to your Stefan Diggs point, I did the Jim Mora playoffs voice only with second quarter for the first team offense. I'm with you on this. Second quarter, let's not be pushing it here. Mike Zimmer talked about being smart about using these guys this week, and I, I was really surprised to see the starters go 
into the second quarter. But on the defensive side, Trey Wayans is out. Anderson Deho is out. My assumption is that both are precautionary absences. But when Terrence Newman lays on the turf and uh, Trey Wayans is already out, the first thought that comes into your head is, are they going to sign somebody? Like, now is fine. If Marcus Sherrills has to play in the regular season, somebody should be in big trouble, I think. And this is not an indictment on Sherrills. I'm not trying to rip the, the guy. He's very good at returning punts. He can potentially return kicks, and he is a valuable player. But if you get to a point where you have to put him into games, and they're not that far from that, right? I mean, it's not. It certainly is something that could happen. You're in big trouble. So I'm with you. I looked at, and here's the thing, too. Vikings. Listen, if you don't want to listen to us, just, like, read the tea leaves, right? I mean, go out and sign another veteran corner. Um, here's the thing I saw tonight, that, and I think this is going to be a problem, and I think this is going to get exploited quickly. Mackenzie Alexander, Matthew Collar. Mackenzie Alexander. If you don't have some trepidation about him, about him playing a spot that's tough to play, about him playing a spot that, if you're an outside corner for your entire life, you can't just step inside and play. That's the one that I saw Russell Wilson go after him. And I'm telling you, this is a template for Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Stafford, Jameis Winston. Everybody is going to attack him, and he might eventually get it. But the problem is, let's say that's four to six games in. That's a lot of games. That one concerns me. I mean, when you go into the season thinking we need to win right now, this is a year that we're competing for the Super Bowl, it really surprises me that there are some areas on this roster that were just left up to chance. I mean, part yeah. of it is uh, the tackle position. You sent me the link today that my guy that I've been touting all offseason on the Purple Podcast, Austin Pastor, well, he landed with some bum team that never wins and isn't successful at all, the Atlanta Fe- Oh, the Atlanta Falcons, who were in the Super Bowl last year. And part of the reason they were in the Super Bowl, Judd, is because they had an excellent offensive line. So they decided to bring in Austin Pastor. And he's, I don't know his agent or what he wanted or anything like that. But I cannot imagine that the demands were super high. No, right? not at this point. Of course they're not. And, no, he's still out there. And, and, and this is not to say that he is the savior. It is to say... Go get veteran depth because, I, I mean, we, we can talk about this until we're blue in the face. But what what do we continue to bring up? This team has big aspirations, right? I mean, we're not talking – if you were going to go 8-8 eight eight or win seven games, then I don't care what you do. But you if you have aspirations to get to the postseason, I'm sorry, you can't get to a – you can't get to, to week five and say, Marcus Sherrill has to start. That's not doable. That's not fair. That's not right. So So this all goes back to – Go get veteran depth because at least that veteran depth gives you a fighting chance. Well, and you know, the, the other day I asked Mike Zimmer, I said, well, who, uh, what, what depth corner has stuck out to you? Has anybody been good? You know, Horace Richardson or Terrell Sinkfield or Trey Roberson. He said, well, uh, Mackenzie Alexander has been pretty good in camp. And like, you know, that's kind of a starting player that you're mentioning when I ask about the depth, which made m- me think they're not impressed with anyone. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if there are phone calls made. I, I think that they do like having Anton Exum back in. He was hurt all of last year because he could play the backup safety. He can move up and play the slot corner. But that's sure. again, that's not a guy that you really want to have start. And it, 
I mean, it surprises me, but I guess I shouldn't be stunned that I think the plan is, Judd, if you were to lose corners, what you would end up having to do is move Mackenzie Alexander to the outside and Mm -hmm. have Anton Exum start at nickel corner. And then I think you're in a lot of trouble if you have to do that for a long period of time. And with Terrence Newman, as good as Terrence Newman was last year, as Mm -hmm. great of a career as he's had, when you get to 39 injuries happen, right? And no matter how hard you try as a player, when you get to that age, you never know when they're going to fall off. And if that happens this year, then there's nothing really behind them to hold them up. One more player would still make a lot of sense in that secondary. Uh, Correct. Absolutely. Let me move on to Ben Gideon starting today, Judd. Yes. Yes, I saw that. Very exciting. I thought at least against the run he played well, which is all he'll have to do if he wins that job. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I I think the ceiling on Edmund Robinson and Emmanuel Lemur is pretty low. And a Mm -hmm. guy who's got some explosiveness to his game, he was a really good run stuffer at Michigan, very instinctual against the run. Ben Gideon seems like a perfect fit for that spot. I think they want him to win it. He got hurt, correct? Uh, he got back up and, and was back in okay, the game. But, I yeah, saw, he was down I for a couple minutes hurt. there. Yeah, and, and I think that that, that role, if you're, at, excuse me, if you're asking me right now, what's, what, where are my concerns and, and where am I not concerned? Linebacker I'm curious about, but I'm not really concerned, right? I mean, if Barr bounces back, that's great. Kendricks is good. Um, your, your third linebacker is going to play, but he's not going to play an absolute ton. So if you're asking me flat out, where am I concerned? I look at the Sandejo spot, and I say to myself, Sandejo is a nice player, but we already know, if you're the Vikings, you know that Sandejo gets hurt. So that concerns me a bit. Not flat out worried, but it concerns me a bit. But I'm going to go back to your defensive line is really good, I think. Your three technique might be a little questionable, but your defensive line, your ends are really good. Your linebackers, I think, are solid. Uh, your safeties, if they're both in, in there, are solid. So this goes back to the cornerback spots concern me the most and the McKenzie Alexander. The Vikings were given a tutorial tonight on what every team is going to do there, I think, which is Russell Wilson and everybody else is going to come out there and attack that spot. And it's one thing for Mike Zimmer in his first year as head coach, Matthew, uh, to come in here and coach up Rhodes. And he did a great job. And Rhodes has developed into an outstanding player. It's another to quickly teach a guy how to play the inside corner, which I think is tough. So, so I'm willing to I'm willing to basically go along with the fact that I think this is a very good defense. I think it's got a lot of strengths. I think it has some question marks, but I don't know that question marks are flat out concerns, other than the nickel position. And I think we would all hate to see for a really good Vikings defense to be sabotaged by one spot in a passing league that has to be good. Yeah, I agree with you there. And That's let, my point. And let me, and yes, I, I mean, that is certainly a concern. And no matter how much Mike Zimmer says he believes in Mackenzie Alexander and he's listening and on and on and on, it just to have no other person there who's played that position before, it, when, you know, it initially came up that Captain Munnerlyn was leaving, Mike Zimmer said something to the effect of, well, Mackenzie's going to have to earn it. But he really hasn't had to earn it. He's no, just he has had that spot, and Anton Exum is not even a nickel corner, really, and is just moving back there because he played cornerback in college just to be the backup. And, and so he hasn't really had to earn it. He's got that spot from day one, and 
if he does have now preseason, I'm not going to worry too much about, but if he does have struggles, then you could look back and say, well, you didn't really make him earn it against any type of veteran in preseason where there were a handful of guys out there. Um, Absolutely. Pat Elfline and Nick Easton both get the starts. I would assume that Easton is not actually going to start at left guard when the regular season begins because Alex Boone will be there. But Judd, I think that Pat Elfline starting at the center and having a good performance today, I think the whole offensive line was good. That is how I think it's going to be. I think Elfline is going to win that job as the starting center. Then it will be Boone and I think that Berger is going to be on the right side, but I did notice that Danny Isadora came in and played a little bit with the first team too. I'd be really stunned if they replaced Berger with a fifth round pick. Uh, But Isadora, I think is the backup guard and I am leaning toward TJ Clemmings getting cut. Oh yeah. And I think Berger starts, I I think Berger definitely starts the season there. I would not be, I would not be shocked if half the way through or so, if they made a change there, uh, there's no question in my mind though that um, the amount that they priced Elfline after that first game yep. was not an accident. I think he is. I think he is your starter. I think he's a good player. I think he's a smart player. I think between the Cook and Elfline picks, they're thrilled and they probably should be. So I I firmly believe that after all of the uh, all that they praised him after the Buffalo game. He is is the starter, and that's fine. The, the offensive line, it, it's interesting to me just because of the Reef equation collar because you do have to ask yourself, and I and if Reef can come back, it's going to be fine, I think. Now, it's a back. That's concerning. But um, the offensive line, I just you got to be curious. I mean, is the Reef – does Reef get back for the third preseason game? Does he not play now? So I am very – I am – interested to see how that works out and then of course the one guy who didn't play again tonight i continue to say to me it's a big deal at least personally i think it is is treadwell i mean the quant treadwell health wise can't get on the field and he's the one guy that i was curious about to see could he play and we're not going to find out and and if this thing continues on i mean are we talking about preseason is done for him i have no idea my expectation would be that both Reef and Treadwell play in the next preseason game. If they don't, I would be surprised because I think we've got something like, what, eight or nine days until they play again? Isn't it a Sunday that they play yes, again? It is. Yes. Sunday, yeah. So, I mean, we're I, not talking until the 27th until they play again. So, yep. uh, you've got plenty of time for those two guys who have both been doing some stuff at practice to be ready to play. And that's generally thought of as the most important preseason game and I with many finger quotes air quotes here I say important but I I would expect to see both of them back in then and we'll get an idea of how Laquan Treadwell looks I don't think it's going to matter to them how he looks he's going to be the starter come day one and you know Jarius Wright was being used with the first team and I thought there was a chance that Laquan wouldn't get his job back but then Michael Floyd has been up with the first team and played first team tonight he's suspended for the first four games so that kind of indicates to you yeah he's just holding that spot till Treadwell gets back Treadwell will get those first team reps and then he will be starting game one against New Orleans unless he re-injures his leg i think we're very much in you're just going to have to wait until the regular season to see what happens with uh, laquan treadwell i i want to 
I want to run through a couple of other things here. One is my Mr. Mankato pick is not going well, Judd. It's just this is my first time, okay? It's my yeah, it's first going, time. It's going awfully for I've, you. I, I've never done this you before. You got hottie. You Give, got hottie because you went with the guy that you assumed was the smart white wide receiver who would <laughs> run all the right routes and he could catch the ball and he can't catch the ball for you, Colin. Judd, he was good on special teams, okay? okay Give me I'm a sorry, break. Give sorry, me a break. Matthew, but your, your hopes of finding the next Adam Thielen has fallen flat on its face. Isaac Frickie might not get an arena league job at the Raiders. Oh, man. Just the interception that goes off of his chest. That would be his third drop in, I think, six targets so far here in the preseason. He might not not make it to the first preseason home game. It hasn't gone well, okay? But I would say this, that um, there are some other picks that also have not been that impressive. Bucky Hodges finally had his moment in the sun getting a 21-yard touchdown catch, and it was in both plays, vertical throws from Taylor Heineke, good throws. But at the very end of the game, the fact that he's in there taking those throws tells you kind of where he stands. Uh, That's one thing. Uh, The other thing is uh, just with Rodney Adams, Stacey Coley, neither one of those guys stuck out. And I don't think that they're in the lead either right now for Mr. Mankato because it's Tayshawn Bauer. Or is it Tashawn Bauer is being said different ways. I've been calling him Tayshawn, so let's go with that. And he answered to Tayshawn. Either way, LSU guy, undrafted. They bring him in here. He's got two sacks in two preseason games. I think he's going to sneak up and make the team even though they've got a deep group of defensive linemen. Don't forget, too. The Vikings told, told us they came clean and finally said, for all these years, we've sort of been skimping on the guys who go undrafted and get signed, but we're no longer going to skimp. We're actually going to start to pay them, and that's how they got power. So good for them. But, yeah, Bucky Hodges is what? Pro- probably going towards a practice squad spot at best. I mean, they'll probably keep him. They'll probably cut him and keep him, right? Yep, that's the way I'm uh, looking at it. Uh, but what, you know what? This shows, this shows for the millionth time. That, you know, for all we talk about the draft and get excited about the draft and get excited about late-round draft picks, when you get to what, about the fifth round, it's all just a roll of the dice. Mm -hmm. Fourth or fifth round, fifth round probably. It's all just guess. It's all guesswork. And the guys that sneak through the draft and get signed after can be just as good or better than the guys that get taken. So it's not a surprise. But we did did have definitely had Bucky Hodges – fever and it was unwarranted i guess yeah well i think so uh but he'll have more time and after this catch tonight or two catches then maybe he'll have a chance to get more playing time next week but it looks to me like practice squad or there's a possibility that they could keep four tight ends but that would kind of surprise me um moving on from that bauer uh, another guy who hasn't made a whole lot of noise in the training camp and and uh, preseason so far, but did tonight. Jaleel Johnson, a couple of big plays that, that he made. Uh, Taylor Heineke kind of bounced back. Isaac Frickley gave up the interception, but Heineke at least looked serviceable. But pretty clear, Judd, that Case Keenum is the backup quarterback because yep. Keenum okay. even started into the fourth quarter. And the guy who's playing late in the fourth quarter almost has no chance to make the team. Yeah, uh, Jaleel Johnson, by the way, really intrigued me. Yeah. Because... Because that's the one, you know, I'll go back to, to that three technique where the Vikings have a bunch of guys signed and they drafted Jalil Johnson. 
But, uh, you know, Sharif Floyd's probably not coming back and, and might be done as far as we know forever. And if that's the case, that job's there. And that is a – I mean, that's a key job in this defense. It's an attractive job. And if this kid pans out, that could be a really big find. Yeah, I think so too. And right now, if he has another good preseason game, he might be your backup nose tackle if uh, okay. Linval Joseph goes down because he's kind of the biggest beast that they have. I think they signed Will Sutton from the Chicago Bears thinking, oh, yeah, okay, this guy could probably play nose if he has to because the other guys can't. Dayton Jones cannot play nose, and neither no. can Tom Johnson. Those guys just aren't big enough. So you're kind of left with, all right, is it Sutton or is it Jaleel Johnson? And Sutton has not stood out at all. And Johnson having this big night, if he does that again in the next game, then he can lock that position down for himself. Could there be a chance, though, that, I mean, would would, would it be a chance that that they could pair uh, Joseph and Johnson side by side at times? Uh, yeah, it's possible because Johnson had seven and a half sacks in college and he got after the quarterback sometimes, uh, maybe in run situations. The guy that's interesting for this is Shamar Stefan. I mean, he had such a poor year last year. Right. He played way more than you would ever expect him to play. And right. they've always liked him because he's big and strong and he's supposed to be a run stuffer, but he didn't really do a very good job of stuffing the run. I could see, yeah, I could see Jaleel Johnson, if he continues to play well, uh, being that guy that they would move in in run-stuffing situations. Uh, but, again, I mean, tonight he's doing it against second-teamers, so that's a little bit different. But sure. as ineffective as Shamar Stefan was last year at that spot, especially against the run, yeah, I think that they should be looking for different rotational uh, options there because Tom Johnson will get the majority, and he's a good player. I think he's serviceable against the run. I I mean, most of the time, I think he gets this reputation for not being able to play the run at all. But I think he's a savvy enough veteran that you could stick him in there. And you would rather have a guy who leans toward the pass rusher. It's just more valuable. But if it was one of those, you know, third and goal at the one or something, then, Mm -hmm. yeah, they won't run Marshawn. They'll probably pass. Ayo, how about Blair Walsh? Man, uh, Blair Walsh misses. A, I saw him miss a field goal. Doink, he doinked one again. He, he did, but Story I mean, that was, from, that was from pretty far away. I got one question for you. Yeah, what the hell are the Seattle Seahawks doing allowing Russell Wilson to run the ball at all in this I, slop of a game? They played him way too much. Oh, I mean, but what's Pete Carroll? I mean, Pete Carroll, okay. I didn't used to be a big Pete Carroll fan, but clearly he's a very good coach. I was wrong, he was right, but. What the hell is Russell Wilson doing running around? I mean, my God, he's your franchise quarterback. He already gets beaten up. He's not a big person. He already gets beaten up in the uh, during the season. What are you thinking if you're the Seahawks? Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't play any of these guys personally. I know that they talk about getting them into game shape or whatever. Like They've been in training camp for weeks and weeks. I, exactly. I would not have... If you see 200 yards that he's thrown for, that better be in the first quarter if it's uh, me as the head coach. And if he gets hurt, Boykin looks okay. But, I mean, is that guy going to get you to the playoffs again? I don't think so. And this is supposed to be a Super two teams that consider themselves Super Bowl contenders. And you're here's Sam Bradford in the second quarter. Here's Russell Wilson in the second quarter. It's like football coaches, you'll just never change, will you? You'll Stephon, just keep doing Stephon. this. Stefan Diggs took a hit tonight from Earl Thomas, and I'm honest to God thinking, really? You really want him to have a concussion? 
in August. That's really a good idea. It's just, I mean, Earl Thomas, okay, we get it. We get it. But I know Stefan Diggs can catch the ball. He doesn't need to run those routes. I mean, those are the routes that Fredwell's playing. I want him to run to prove he can run them. I know Diggs can run them. I know he's really good, and I know he's going to get his block knocked off when the regular season starts. Don't need to see it in August. Yeah, I mean, they're really is no logic to it outside of, well, we just want to get him at game speed, but this isn't really even game speed. Even no. the first teams are playing very vanilla half speed. I, I'll never make a whole lot of sense of it, especially when it comes to drawing any type of conclusions from what you saw outside of being happy that uh, Bradford didn't hurt himself and the offensive line guys that are fighting for position played well. Again, whether it was last week or this week, I take nothing away from this. Yeah, okay, Stefan Diggs, still good. Great, I'm glad I learned Correct. that this week, right? And Any, yep. uh, just this game in general, I don't think that we learned a ton about where this team is going anyway because they're playing with a couple of starters out on defense. Uh, it just shines a little bit of a light onto you're going to have some problems if guys go down. And I know you could say that that's the case all over the league, but I think that other teams sometimes try to find that veteran backup, and they still could. There's still two weeks left. It's just we're getting toward the time where you no longer can just bring in a guy unless you're talking about doing it in the season Jake Long style, and you don't want to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and that that was my point from day one, Collar. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be calling a guy on his couch. I wanted, I want, when it comes to the tackles and corner, veteran depth. And, and in case in case somebody gets hurt and Alexander's a complete bust, I want at least a small bail out there. I don't know that those things are there. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're not. You would just hate to see in a season like this, something like that come back and, and uh, bite Zim and the Vikings right in the butt. Yep, I agree. Okay, Judd, well, uh, good job staying up so late, bringing all this football knowledge. 16 cups of coffee, that's all I have. <laughs> 16 cups of coffee. And a Twins game. So you were at oh, the yeah. – how were you doing it? Were you watching the game at the Twins game, the Vikings I, game? Yes, yep, yep. In fact, I Man. found uh, a, a buddy of mine actually found the uh, NFL Network feed of the Vikings game, watched the uh, Vikings game. Well, I watched Byron Buxton attempt to go for the cycle and come a single. He came up a single shy of hitting for the cycle. Man, that is impressive dedication on your part. So, well, I appreciate that. Excellent work tonight, Mr. Zolged. And uh, uh, we will catch you all later on this week with another episode of the Purple Podcast. Goodbye, Judd. Outstanding. See you, caller. Bye.